Thanks for listening to the Women Emerging podcast. Every week we put up a new episode with insights into leadership, practical leadership, seen through the eyes of women leaders of all ages and all sectors from right across the world. Our aim is for women to be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join Women Emerging on our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org for more fabulous free leadership content. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Julia Middleton here, Director of Women Emerging and your podcast host. This week, I'm talking to Von Guy about the things that she's learnt about leading and she's chosen as an African woman and as a Zimbabwean woman five objects to illustrate everything that she's learnt. Let me tell you what they are. A yellow dress, a yellow dress that you will never forget, a mirror, a water bottle, a picture of her father who has lovely eyes and a stone that a stone that gets stuck in her shoe sometimes and that she says is part of herself sabotaging herself. An interesting concept. But anyhow, let's start with the yellow dress because it was the yellow dress that that started Von Guy's journey in leading. Um, 13 to work for your employer sisters. So, you know, just like any other poor family in my time, I went for a wedding. So as I entered this wedding, my cousins laughed at me because the yellow dress I was wearing had a patch on it. And they thought I was an embarrassment. And I think for me, this is it meant a lot, that dress, because up until that time, I didn't realize I was poor. I paused, and as an eight-year-old girl, Just you can imagine the rejection I felt, the humiliation I felt when my cousins were same age with me felt that I wasn't good enough to be around them. But this shifted my whole trajectory because I remember when I went to school, my teacher asked me how my weekend was. I told her what had happened. And this woman said, look at me. She said, Bongai, I want you to know this. You are enough. You are enough and you have got everything that it takes to be you. And that became a whole change of my whole trajectory. And this has hugely influenced even how I lead. Because as far as I'm concerned, you know, just ensuring that no matter what, no matter where people are coming from, they are just enough and anything is possible. Because when I look back now at that one guy, eight-year-old one guy, who was on path to getting pregnant, just like her two sisters, who had gotten pregnant at 13, to where I am now, they're just two different things. So when I look at this yellow dress, it reminds me that anything is possible when you work on the right mindset, regardless of what the people around you say. It's not easy. I won't say and sit here that it was an easy leadership journey or it was an easy journey. It was tough, but this is just a reminder of, you know what? Anything is possible. What did the yellow dress look like, really? When you had it on, what did it look like? At that point, when my sister cousins were laughing at me, it was very short. Because I remember <laughs> my mom had bought it for me four years prior. So she used to buy oversized dresses. 
to make sure you grow with it. But for me, it looked so pretty because it had nice ribbons and I would show off and wear it every Sunday. It was my Sunday best. So I just loved it. Did you ever wear a yellow dress again? No. I did not, actually. Until, I think for years, up until two years ago, because for me, it had both some painful memories, the color yellow, but also hope. So it was two years ago when I started embracing that side of me thinking, had it not been that yellow dress, who knows where I could have been. Perhaps right now, I would have been carrying my six children living in some shanty town of Zimbabwe and not caring about anything but anyone and struggling and still, you know, perpetuating the vicious circle that I was in and my family was in. How do you prevent yourself? Well, how do you balance feeling that you're enough with too much pride? You know, when you begin to think, when you become too much yourself, you you sort of you begin to develop a big head. Not I know you haven't got one, but how do you balance that? I'm enough, but I'm not gonna develop a big head. How do you do that? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, really. I've seen it's a battle that I've seen struggling with over the years. And sometimes I see myself becoming a pendulum where on one end I'm thinking, I just need to affirm myself and think I'm enough. And then when I do too much of it, it moves into elements of pride where I start seeing pride really creeps in. And some of the ways that I've been able to just check that is when I'm starting to feel a bit of balance or something just niggles inside me and you think, gosh, I think your ego is kind of going into the pride route. And then sometimes I feel when I start to, I question my intention and my motives. So as long as it becomes all about me, for me, I know that I'm just tempering in the wrong territories. But I've also realized cases where I do what's called false humility just because I want to come across as humble. So again, I do check myself that is this genuinely humility or is this living into the realm that you want people to fit? You know, And it's a journey that I've just been navigating over the years. And yeah, but I have to keep self-checking. Give me, that's fascinating. Give me an example of false humility. Yes. So false humility, for example, I'll give you a very, very specific example of what happened when I was, you know, injecting false humility. I remember I was in a big hall, right? I had gone back to a part of Zimbabwe where I had spent some of my young life in so when I went into this room, the head teacher who I'd known for years from when I was a teenager, like a little girl, she was so excited about my presence. And then she started singing all my accolades. I remember even putting my hands together and saying, oh, you know, don't mention, don't say. But deep down, I loved the applause. I loved what was going on around me. So I knew that everybody else around me thought, gosh, she's so humble having achieved all this. She's still coming across as if she doesn't want people to say, but parts of me were saying, keep saying it. I'm just loving hearing this. So for me, that's an example. If I'm just going to be completely vulnerable of sometimes when I've showed up with false humility. How interesting. And I, I suppose that leads into your next object, which is that mirror. In fact, it's two little mirrors, isn't it? 
Yes. So what's that about? So one thing this mirror represents for me is that you cannot lead by looking through the window, but also through the mirror, right? Up until I met one of my mentors who asked me very difficult questions around who I was, I realized that, you know what, I was just doing a lot of looking out rather than in. So this taught me a lot around for you to be able to lead others effectively, the internal job, the self-work is equally important. And it reminds me of most of it, the tip of an iceberg that sometimes I was doing, you know, that 10%, I was doing 90% of leadership work, trying to solve the 10%, but the 90% that was below the parapet, all the brokenness, all the insecurities that I'd faced over the years, I wasn't tapping to that. But what, unfortunately, those things leak. So every time they leak as a leader, it has told, taught me that spend enough time looking through the mirror, not just through the window. When you say leak, what do you mean? So when I talk about leaking, you know, sometimes when I'm under pressure, those things leak. Was For example, because of how I grew up, I grew up, my dad was very, like, I left, I grew up in very patriarchal societies where as a woman, I had no voice, right? So I grew up sometimes trying to fight the system. So when I call leak, sometimes I would get so angry with the system and I will get so impatient with the system. So, But having grown up, I've learned tactics of working around either my anger, my impatience, etc. But when I'm under pressure, those things leak. I've realized that I might not have fully overcome it, but when I'm under pressure, you know, I see myself getting impatient. I see myself almost trying to be sometimes labeled as an angry black woman because those things leak. And I'm not saying those leak, leaks are always good or bad, but sometimes they stink. I remember even things around being hierarchical because I grew up in societies that were very hierarchical, but I call myself a leader that's not hierarchical. And having said all these things, when I'm under pressure, I tend to hierarchy sometimes, which for me, I call it a leakage. That is that is a really wonderful concept. So, and actually, let me just pick up one bit of it. So when you look out of the window, what do you see? I, look, I see everything that everybody else is doing wrong. I can see, you know, like if I look, there's a window behind me here. Yeah, I see trees. I see that the land is you know not as smooth i see everybody else and everything else apart from myself and it's all their fault of course so it's, it becomes all their fault and this gives me i think i'm almost taking myself off the hook because it becomes any interaction that doesn't go well it's their fault somebody else's fault and i take myself out of the equation i, I give myself a free pass but that doesn't always make me effective. And I know it and I can feel it. And when you do look at yourself in the mirror, do you like yourself? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, I've learned almost to like myself. And there are times when I'm under pressure and almost operating on empty, which I'll talk about, I might not like what I see, but now I've learned to embrace my imperfections. 
Like when I look at myself, I used to think, where I used to think, gosh, I'm too fat. Now it's about, oh gosh, there's more of me to love in this world. When I used to think, gosh, I've got blemish on my face. Now I'm thinking, gosh, I'm, my skin is nice and brown and chocolatey. So I had to learn to reframe that, some of those things. And at times when I overplay it again, it goes back to my earlier point that just keeping in check around what's the balance between reaffirming myself with what I see in the mirror and also being humble. And one last thing that I would say on that part is that sometimes when I also look in myself, I see things that I'm thinking, ah, you've got some pimples that you need to check out. And then sometimes I check out myself. Sometimes I think, gosh, I need someone else to help me pluck it out because I, I don't have enough tools to pluck it out. So these are some of the stuff that I have to deal with as a leader. I've realized I don't have all the solutions and it's only by looking through the mirror that I can pay attention to those things versus not looking in the mirror. That is a beautiful, beautiful analogy, which plays to your third object, I think, which is that huge container that you keep with you all the time. But at the moment, it's empty. Explain yeah. that. Yes. So as you can see, this bottle, right, it's empty at the moment. Normally, I put water on it. So every morning, I make sure there's water in this container. Why? Because every time I drink water, I feel nourished. I feel energy. And I feel like I can, I'm on top of the world. And then anytime I don't drink water, I see it start to feel my energy is going low. And for me, I feel like I'm off kilter, you know, one way or another. So this bottle, what it reminds me sometimes is, uh, I always like to give, give, give. When I say give, it could be my time, my energy, my efforts into other things. But I've realized that I'm finite. Like I'm finite. I cannot give from an empty place. That even with this, I'm tilting it. There's nothing coming out. No matter what my intentions are around giving, I cannot give from an empty place. So this is what this bottle reminds me. And I've seen myself over the years. I remember a couple of years ago, you know, having grown up in this um, society that I felt a huge sense of responsibility of like, I have to give. And I used to say, to more is given, more is expected. That's what I used to tell myself that I have to be, I've got a responsibility to the world. And I've moved to a point where now I feel sometimes I feel like I need to be selfish. And being selfish is part of my giving to others. And kindness is a word that means a lot to you, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, kindness means a lot. Some of it was forced on me. Some of it, it became learned over the years. Because I grew up in a very deeply religious context where kindness was injected. Your, your ability to put yourself up before to put others before you was so injected. And there's also an African concept called Ubuntu that was really injected that I am because we are, but the whole emphasis was the village comes first. Things that we do for the greater good we have to make sacrifices for the greater good. And while there's a lot that I do admire and I still embed even in my kids' life, for me now, the thing that then shaped me later on was how can I, see the full of me in us right i am because we are in all this kindness how can i view 
and see me, like the self in us, which is a concept that I was foreign to me growing up. But now I'm almost linked to, you know what? I just have to pour into myself and I'll allow others to pour into myself. You know, recently I read a book, which was around learning to receive love. Because of that, I almost had to give and be kind, kind, kind to others, but finding it difficult to receive. So I think for me, the pouring, pouring into my cup before I can pour to others is just something that is shaping how I interact with others. So it's, it's we are because I am. Yes. Yes. It goes both ways. Yeah. And and a lot of that came from your father, didn't it? That's why yes. he's the fourth. He's the fourth object. Yes, my father is just incredible, and and this is a picture of him. If you can see, yes. he has kind eyes. Let, put it up yes. again. Let me see again. Let me see again. He has wonderfully kind eyes. Yeah, caring so eyes. He, yes, yes, yes. So. Um, I think what my father taught me is that influence and impact can come from different perspectives, which almost led me to think about leadership, because I think we grew up in a context where if it was about age or hierarchy, that's where leadership lay, like, right? And also education, we grew up in a context that you could have, you have to have 10, 15, 20 degrees, or I mean, I'm exaggerating the number of degrees, but education was overplayed on so many fronts. But my father had no formal education. He stopped going to school when he was like almost his second year in high school because he had to go and fight the liberation struggle because Zimbabwe was under, was colonized then. But this man became one of the most influential people in Zimbabwe, not because initially, not because of rank or hierarchy, because of his mindsets, you know. So it which made me, made me led me to believe that leadership is about mindset. It's not about hierarchy. Yes, hierarchy can take you so far, but for you to be a true leader who influences, it's all about, not all about, but mindset plays a critical part that I don't want to you know, downplay in this conversation. Just dig for a tiny moment into mindset. So what was your, what is your father's mindset? that makes him naturally lead? Okay. So one of the things that for him around where I emphasize the mindset piece is that sometimes you would go into offices. It was in Zimbabwe, where I come from. For some offices to be doors to be open for you, you have to know someone who knows someone or come from certain classes and ranks. My father would tell me that one guy, I'm going to go to the president's office. And then I would say, but... You don't have this, you don't have that. And then you would say, they're just going to allow me in. And, you know, sometimes I would argue and, and almost like to a point of embarrassment. And this man would never give up. He would go there, he would beg them until they let him do whatever he needed to do. So one of his mindset pieces was around resilience, right? And then I'll just say the other piece around mindset is that he used to tell me that one guy, you are what you believe. And they used to say, if you go around thinking the world owns you or you don't have any influence, it becomes a fulfilling process. Profess. So for me, that became leadership is not always about, you know, legitimate or positional power. Sometimes the mindset will put you and open doors for you that no one thought were possible. Yeah. 
it's interesting you use the word mindset. I wonder, does your father have, um, does he walk like a leader? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's dead now. He died during COVID, you know. But this guy would say, when I walk, he said, one guy, when I walk, I would walk with confidence in a room. And when I talk to people, I almost talk expecting that they like what will come out of my mouth, you know. Sometimes that would border into arrogance. Sometimes when I would see him do that and achieving results. So, but yes, he would walk like a leader who was able to engage both his head and his heart, which is something again that I've seen myself struggle over the years that I pivot around the head and the heart, but he was able to bring those two constituencies together beautifully. But then sometimes you walk with a stone in your shoe. Yeah. Yes, so many times when I walk, like for me, I've realized like that sometimes it's, I, you know, recently I bought a new pair of shoes and I think what came to my mind is that I couldn't fix the shoe on only to realize that my son had put something in it, right? And then when I looked, I realized, whew, you know, it was a big piece of paper that felt like a stone. But I think what brings this to mind is that sometimes it reminds me of how I've self-sabotaged myself over Say the that years. again, self-self-sabotaged. Yes, how I've Deliberately self sabotaged yourself. Yes. And sometimes... Why? Yes. Why? Why? That's a good question. And I've realized most of the time when I self-sabotage, it's with a good intention. Or what looks on the surface like a good intention, right? And, and, and just to give you two examples, like... You know, growing up in this space where I had to give, 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 and growing up very poor, at one point, I started having what I call a savior mentality or hero leader syndrome because I, I had to send so many kids to school. Because I started telling myself, Wongai, your calling in this life is to give birth to many other Wongais who at one point had no one to rescue them, but now you have to. And anytime I wanted to sit still, I would just do more and more. But what that did is my biological children started suffering because I would almost say to them, gosh, you can't go to McDonald's because this money can send this many kids to school or we can't go on this holiday because that's irresponsible. And then sometimes I would give from an empty place. So over time, those very same things that I had celebrated and same community started despising me because, because I was almost overplaying my strength of giving and being there for others. It then moved into this realm where I started almost micromanaging and wanting to control the beneficiaries around. Oh gosh, I'm sacrificing this. Why are you doing that? But it was coming from a place that I've overplayed. I haven't post enough. And for me, that became self-sabotaging because on one hand, I knew that what I was doing was wrong. But A, the chemistry that it produced in me the way it almost also fed to my ego, which on the surface I wanted to deny. And then three, this whole lie that I told myself that I'm just meant to be in this world to serve these people. I think for me, that became that rock that no matter how nice my shoe is, as long as that rock exists within my shoe, there is no way I can wear it and this shoe will not be useful. And that shoe is me. That no matter, as long as I have got what I call clouded baggage the the waters in me cannot flow until i unclog myself until i unclog this shoe 
And I think this is something I keep reminding myself as a leader that as I'm trying to pull, A, what's my intention in what I'm trying to do? And B, what is around me that I need to remove to be able to live fully and walk fully into what I need to walk into? Are you sure it's really sabotaging? Isn't it just being a remarkable person who wants to help other people? I think it's self-sabotaging for me in some elements. And I'll say why, because going back to the mindset piece, because sometimes if it's all clean, because sometimes I say self-sabotaging because it's always at my expense, always at my expense of my health. I end up sleeping four, three, four hours because I need to sort this, this and out. I end up not having enough money sometimes to do what I need to do with my biological children and my husband. So it means it's almost like solving one problem, but creating another, like, you know, those polarity managements, you think if I do this side and overextend that side, it causes problems, this other side. So for me, I'm thinking, how can I get the best of both worlds? I love to yeah. give and I won't take that one away, but also how do I balance? So just that dance, it's a continuous journey that I find myself trying to navigate as a black woman who's living predominantly in a white dominated world, trying to make an impact for myself, but trying to honor my roots. So for me, it's a, sometimes it's like walking on jelly. But one thing that I'm also grateful of is that as I continue to navigate that dance, is that sometimes I get the tune right, sometimes I don't. But it goes back to this whole idea around how do I continue to be generous and empathetic with myself as I just navigate this whole dance, sometimes where I self-sabotage myself. And that's what your new book is about, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's called Lead, Don't Self-Sabotage. And I think I shared about seven, eight like different syndromes that we as leaders experience. And I think what's so unfortunate about a syndrome is if left un unchecked, it will undo all the goodness that we are trying to do. And But it's a continuous journey. A journey that began with a yellow dress, of course yellow dress i call it my yellow dress moment and now sometimes when i'm walking down the streets i see yellow i can't help but smile because now i'm thinking because of this it made me who i am i think i'm going to be smiling with you thank you so so much von guy that was that was delicious i take three thoughts with me one that expression you used that you have to start with the internal expedition into yourself as a leader before you start ex exploring the outside world. I think that's very beautiful. And, and, and your point is that if you don't do that and if you jump that stage, it leaks. It leaks. That's a very visual word. It leaks and it always leaks at the wrong time. The second one is, is the concept that leading is in mindset and not in age or hierarchy, which in many cultures is quite different, difficult to recognize. It's all about mindset. And then the last one is this concept, of course, of sabotaging and um, how easy it is to begin to sabotage yourself because you, you sort of plonk hero leading onto yourself and, and carry it on your shoulders. 
only to inevitably fail. Uh, I thought that concept of self-sabotaging was fascinating. But yes, I wonder if every big expression in the world actually works in reverse too. So that expression, I am because we are, needs to match an expression which is, we are because I am. And taking the time to protect, protecting that time to invest in yourself and in who you are is so important. Von Guy, thank you so much. I love your books. Very, very grateful for this interview. Uh, next week, another woman with five objects and five things we can learn from them. I send you much love. To become part of our movement and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the messages you send us. Keep them coming.